Hi and welcome to another new episode of my podcast titled The Truth For You. My name is Bitu St. Jean and today we have ourselves another interesting topic. Now this topic I believe is something that I could relate to a lot and I believe that a lot of young people as well can relate to as well. Especially in during the times that we are living in now in this pandemic era. The topic is none other than social anxiety, right? Um, with so much going on in our world, we've seen that we have relied so much on technology to remain social and to stay connected and intact with one another. Uh, but in fact, social media has really only exposed how disconnected we really are. And on this podcast episode, we are going to address uh, some of the things and issues that our society has as it concerns social anxieties and people who struggle with speaking up um, and people who are not so comfortable with expressing themselves um, in public. And I believe that it's something that we really need to tackle and handle as we try to navigate this world. You don't want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. You would think that in a world obsessed with social media, our world would become more connected. It would be easy to assume that online discussions, group chats, profiles, and dating apps would make our world just a little smaller and our circles just a little more closer. With 2.89 billion monthly active users on Facebook, 1 billion active monthly users on Instagram, with approximately 2 billion active users on WhatsApp messengers, and not even to mention the new wave of TikTok users, it should be osmosis that our world would be closing the gap of social distance. But these social platforms have only exposed just how disconnected we actually really are. And it would be far too easy to put the blame on social media as the cause of our world being antisocial. But that is only really the tip of the iceberg. There are many factors that contributes to this reality, and a lot of it has more to do with stigmas and perceptions of being antisocial rather than the platforms that allows us to be social. The real problem is not so much that the world is being antisocial, but how our world view the antisocial, how we interact with the antisocial, how we approach the antisocial. Our world is anti-antisocial. There are so many pressures to being social that not being social is literally linked with negative assumptions and presumptions that make us even more afraid of coming out of our shelves and comfort zone. I mean, let's talk about it. The world praises the extroverted and puts them on a high pedestal. 
in movies, TV shows, and, and even in school. The popular are usually the most outgoing, charismatic, charming, funny, and loudest voice in the room. The introverted, uh, not so cool. Being to yourself, isolation is often looked upon as dorky, nerdy, uncool, selfish, and in some cases, a sign of warning. Because truth be told, if anything goes wrong, we'll just blame the quiet kid in the back. I know this because I myself am an introvert. Yes, I said it. I am an introvert. I love my room and my furniture more than my friends and family. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm joking, joking. I know, I know, I know I have a podcast. I, I have speaking engagements and blogs, but really, I prefer to be in the background studying the fire escape map in every building I'm in. Did you know that there are more than four ways to exit a building? <laughs> Moving on. Which is funny to me, because growing up as a kid, I was a loudmouth. I was, I was extroverted. I talked a lot of trash to my siblings. I loved rehearsing rap lyrics out loud and shouting, do you smell what the rock is cooking every morning waking up? I was fascinated with people. I was obsessed with making new friends. I was outgoing, funny, and loved to crack jokes. But somehow along the line of life, I slowly but surely began to grow a shell and would find myself crawling into it more so often that it literally became my personality, which to me was not a big deal, but to the world it, it was. Me being reserved and to myself made me feel like I was missing out on life. You know what they say, my sisters used to always tell me, closed mouths don't get fed. It seemed that everyone that spoke more enjoyed life more. Everyone who was extroverted seemed to display that childlike curiosity and, and fascination I once had of meeting new people and the euphoria of learning from them. They always seemed to be in the moment and not in their head like I was. And for me, it was hard to grasp the world while shutting myself from it. I didn't feel I gained anything by not saying anything. If anything, I felt that I lost more by saying less, I lost more opportunities of being somebody's friend, more opportunities of hanging and being with my friends. At least this is what I felt. But feelings in reality are two different things. Because now that I am looking back at it, I learned that there were a lot of advantages of me being an extrovert as opposed to being an extrovert. Because you know, when you're an introvert, you got a lot of these extroverted evangelists that are trying to convert you to being extroverted. You got a lot of extroverts trying to get you to go places, trying to get you to, to get out your comfort zone or whatever the case is. And many times as introverts in our society, even now, we are pressured to being extroverted. We are pressured to step out of our personality and step into the world, they say. But you know, one thing I do remember being an introvert is that one advantage was that I was perceived as being a smart guy. Some of the smartest kids in our classes were actually the quiet ones. And a matter of fact, when the popular kids wanted to get serious in their classwork, 
when they wanted to get serious in their grades as the semester or the quarter was coming to an end, guess who they would sit by? Your boy. If they wanted help with their homework or classwork, they would move away from their friends and gravitate towards the introverts. And it's funny because even the girls, the popular girls would say every, every now and then, not, not so often, that, hey, I want a guy. I want a guy that's quiet, like Bintu, you know? All of this to say that being introvert is not all that bad. We just process things differently. We communicate differently. We're just different in how we approach situations and the world in general, but it does not mean that we are entirely disconnected from it. We see what's going on. We hear what's going on. We just prefer to mention it later or we're waiting for the perfect time to say something, which in some cases could be never. We're still working on that. Enough about my biography. Let's talk about the world. The introverted are not as disconnected from the world as we think. Matter of fact, there was an article written by Time Magazine called The Surprising Benefits of Being an Introvert. This was written back on August 27, 2018. The article starts off mentioning that being an introvert can actually be an asset, not a liability. According to Dr. And let me stress that. According to Dr. Not Dr. Seuss. But Dr. Jennifer Conweiler, author of The Introverted Leader, Building on Your Quiet Strength, introverts are people who recharge by spending their time alone like a battery that needs recharge. You see, we don't need therapy. We just need to recharge. We're just like your phones. If you take us off the charger by calling us and talking to us, we'll run out of energy. We'll run out of battery and not have time to process all of the important things you have to say to us at that moment. Also, a 2008 study published in the Journal of Motor Behavior found that introverts take longer to process information than extroverts. So, in other words, it does not mean that we are slow. It just means that we think deeper and more thoughtfully to understand ideas. You see, extroverts are different because extroverts recharge by going into conversations, by having conversations. They recharge by, uh, by speaking with people. Growing up, I had a lot of friends who are extroverts, and even to this day, I have friends who are extroverts. And they always say, man, I, I like being around people who talk. I like being around people who are active and, and, you know, who are not dead. You know, it makes me feel alive. Extroverts, they feed off of the energy. They feed off of the electricity of others. While we feed, us introverts feed off of the electricity of our couches, our furnitures, of our room. We get our energy from isolation as opposed to the extroverts getting their energy from interaction, right? So while the extrovert may develop comfortability with speaking with others in a faster way and processing information, they're kind of like Wi-Fi when it comes to processing information at the moment. And us introverts were sort of like dial-up, 
You know, we gotta we gotta process things slowly, but surely, right? Matter of fact, according to Beth Bulo, author of the Introvert Entrepreneur, Amplify Your Strengths and Create Success on Your Own Terms, she says that introverts are also naturally adept to when it comes to listening. It's our first instinct to listen. We're the people you call when you're upset or have good news to share because we listen and we don't make it about us. Extroverted people are more inclined to jump into a conversation before fully processing what the other person said because they process information interactively according to another doctor. All right, and it's not Dr. Seuss. Dr. Lori Helgo, author of Introvert Power, Why Your Hidden Life is Your Strength. So again, us being introverted doesn't necessarily mean that we are not there or that we are present in body and absent in mind, as they would always say. It just means that at that moment, we need to download all the things that you guys are saying. It just means that at that moment, we're not going to have something to say in the present moment, but usually later, you ever had that happen to you, right? You're having a conversation with a friend, a family member, a relative, a coworker, and you guys are having this discussion, and it could be a debate. And as you're having these discussions, you're listening, and you're 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 giving you know responses, and you're hearing responses back and forth, and then this goes to a point where you're sort of just listening to the conversation more than you're speaking more. And you're thinking about the questions, you're like, hmm, I don't necessarily know what to say right here. But all of a sudden, when the conversation is over, it comes to you right then and there. And it's like, whoa, man, like, why didn't I think of that in the moment of the conversation? Why didn't I think of that when I was having the debate? Man, why is it that as soon as the conversation is over, I have all of these ideas and things to say? Well, like we've seen before, that's just one of the traits of being an introvert. We really don't process information fast enough to uh, speak it right then and there. We have to go back home. We have to sit in our couches. We got to be alone in our room. And then the ideas and the answers come to us as opposed to the extroverts. It doesn't mean that we're slow. It doesn't mean that there is some sort of disability. It just means that we process things differently. And as a result, we interact differently. Which brings me to another point and another good quality trait about us introverts is that we think before we speak. And I can attest to that. The other day I was out with one of my mentors on a scheduled engagement and I had a chance to meet a young lady there and I briefly introduced myself and so did she and in that brief interview we had she asked me about my age I told her my age I'm 26 and we continued the conversation from there well, on my way back from the engagement, I was driving with my spiritual mentor and he told me that he was listening to our conversation and that he was glad that I did not ask the young lady for her age. And he told me just by that interaction 
that he likes that I think before I speak. Because it could have been a natural reaction to just ask the question right back, right? But I grew up with six sisters, so, you know, I, I, I knew better. And because we think before we speak, we're less likely to post outrageous posts on social media. The doctor continues to say that introverts choose their words wisely, especially online, whereas extroverts just randomly post everything. You ever seen someone post something outrageous, like thinking out loud, and then like after all the reactions, the, per the person finally takes the post down and apologizes? Yeah, that's because they're an extrovert. The most outrageous thing I ever posted was rap lyrics back in high school. As all introverts, I'm usually very strategic with my words. I articulate my words as fitting in the setting and realizing that there is a time to speak and a time to think. But even the Bible says be swift to hear and slow to speak. And now that I think about it, it's sad to me because I've learned that thinking in itself has become a lost art in our society. People have literally lost their mind. People are so in tune with their emotions and feelings that they would say anything without considering others based just on how they feel. Like their feelings gives them consent or validation or justifies whatever comes out of their mind or out of their mouths and people think just because that's how they feel oh that's how i feel they feel that it's enough but what they don't know that it's harmful and even if it doesn't make sense it shouldn't be told or said anyways but nowadays that's being called being real when in actuality in my opinion it's being stupid the majority of problems in our world can be solved by common sense and unfortunately thinking before speaking is a common sense introverts naturally possess people find themselves in some of the most complicated and stupendous situations that could have been easily avoided by stopping for five seconds and just and just think right I remember when I was in elementary school, we used to go out in PE and we used to have recess and whenever there was rain outside or there was a storm outside, we would stay inside and the coach would have us sit down in the class and we would watch a video, something educational, right? And I remember there was this one video that we used to always watch. It was this cartoon shark who was a lifeguard and he would give us swimming lessons and one thing he would always say at the end of the video was think before you sink. I never forgot that. And, um, you know, the, the crazy thing is I've, I've and, 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 and I've, I've, I've applied that to my life. Right. Because I can't I personally I can't swim. So, you know what I'm saying? So, of course, anytime I see water, I think, OK, um, I'm, I'm going to drown. So I so I don't swim. So yeah, I've, I've taken that counsel uh, to heart now that I think about it. But also, us introverts, right, 
because we are thinkers and because we think before we speak, it brings me to the next positive traits that we also carry is that we're also more observant as well. As I mentioned before, you see, I'm like a security guard when everyone is speaking. I'm always looking at my surroundings when I'm in a conversation, especially going up in the hood. I would look for spots to run to just in case of a drive-by, right? In case something were to go down, I'm looking at areas and, 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 and places to duck and, and to hide. And even when I was in school, um, I would think of places uh, to, to, to run to, you know, or to take cover in case there was a school shooting or in case there was a fire, a place to escape out the window or in the back door or some, or some emergency exit. I was just always this person who was just aware of everything that was going around, you know, the the environment. I don't know if my life was a movie, I think I would be a really good narrator, right? And besides, even the Bible, the word of God tells us to be vigilant and to be watchful and to be sober. And so there are many other positive traits of being an introvert. You get the point. Uh, we are much uh, positive, right? We think, we observe, we are strategic, we analyze, uh, we need to recharge, and then we give our best, right? So seeing that there's so much positivity of being an introvert, why then is there so much pressure for us to be an extrovert? Why are people always trying to convert us? Why do people force us to talk more if talking more only leads to presumptions, outrageous comments, and bringing unnecessary attention? Why is there something always wrong with us for not saying anything when clearly we can see something wrong with the person who's always opening their mouth all day and uttering complete nonsense? Why are we the scapegoat? Why do we have to be pushed from the background into the spotlight when we are more effective and impactful behind the scenes? And unfortunately, society is just now realizing the power of introverts and the need to give us the space to be ourselves and not fool ourselves or fake ourselves into being something we are not so that we can be and give our best to the world. It's finally being brought to the forefront. The world states that is. Not by everyday introverts, but by world-class athletes. Consider Naomi Osaka, the four-time Grand Slam champion and young tennis phenom who beat Serena Williams in a tournament to win it all at the US Open in 2020. Considering that she's only 23 years old, she made headlines this year as she expressed her decision not to do any news conferences at the French Open as she says that it can be mentally damaging to athletes and that she was willing to accept any fines for exempting herself from these speaking engagements. I mean, think about it. We're fining athletes who do not want to speak to people who often ask questions without thinking. And you would think that such a decision right, especially from someone with such a platform as Naomi, would be respected. But it only got worse. Back in August, Naomi Osaka left a Zoom news conference meeting in tears 
as she was being drilled by a news reporter concerning her decisions to opt out of news conferences and talking to people who've never played sports and probably eat Domino's and Doritos all day on a couch watching ESPN and making a living asking long-winded, unthoughtful, boring questions. Even her agent called it SEC and bullying as it was because she left in tears. Well, as you know, this brought outrage in the internet and many people expressed their support for Naomi and applauded her bravery for speaking out on mental health and using her platform to bring its awareness. And I too believe that it's unfair that athletes have to be penalized for these personal decisions. But hey, it's an extroverted world, right? Some people may see this as being mentally weak or that our generation is somewhat uh, mentally uh, incapable of handling tough situations or conversations, but really, it's a form of self-care. And I believe we're entering a time and an age where we are realizing the importance of us taking the time of, you know, of a break of, of, of business and of busyness and of working nine to five and constantly trying to meet society's standards of success and becoming successful and, and chasing the American dream when we realize that in the process of these things that these things can be draining emotionally, uh, socially, physically, mentally, emotionally. It takes a lot out of us to pour in our all into this world. And like Naomi, we need to take a break. We need to take a step back, and I think that society is now realizing the importance of us putting ourselves first, that we may put others right first as well, because you're only as good of and help to others as you are good of and help to yourself. And, you know, and Naomi also expressed that she too battled with depression and social anxiety. Now, I must say, while it is true that there are many positive traits of being an introvert, one of the downsides is that we are endangered of being depressed or battle with anxiety, right? Now, I must also uh, clarify this as well. Um, extroverts as well can battle with depression as well, too. Don't get it twisted. Don't think that people who battle with depression are people who just keep their thoughts and their words to themselves. Matter of fact, um, you could be very active. You could be very social. You could be attending uh, social events. You could be attending family gatherings. You could be going out with your friends, partying all night or whatever the case is. You could be there, quote unquote, at every scene and still be battling with depression behind the scenes. So let's not just think that, oh, when you see a person who's uh, keeping to themselves that they're prone to being depressed. No, also extroverts can be depressed as well. Let us not also forget about the late Robin Williams, who was a man who was very, you know, uh, he was a comic genius. He was a, a brilliant actor. He was someone who was um, well-respected and revered, someone who's always making someone laugh and, and smiling in the industry. And sadly, you know, he was battling with, you know, his, his demons behind doors and, you know, depression and eventually led to taking away his life. And, you know, it just goes to show that 
depression is a lot more uh, deeper than we think, right? It's not, the signs are not as clear or as external, um, but we can also see that depression can be expressed in many ways, in many forms, and I think that society is, is now picking up that this stereotype of being alone and isolated is like the number one indicator of being depressed, but it can be expressed through uh, introverts uh, as well as extroverts as well too. Uh, but nonetheless, introverts as well are endangered of being uh, depressed. And I can relate to that because in high school and even in college a little bit, um, but again, enough with my biography. Uh, maybe another episode I'll go more into detail with that. Um, but the truth is that we do have uh, a tendency to be depressed, and that's only because we're always holding our thoughts. And sometimes we can think a little too deep. Sometimes we, and this would lead us to even overthink. And when we overthink, we overreact. Not outwardly, but inwardly. We get afraid of being hurt, of being exposed, of being judged, and we become so self-conscious of what others think of us. And in this moment, we disconnect ourselves to find ourselves, but in the process, we lose ourselves because we've lost grip of reality by trying to find an internal solution, when in most cases, the solution is external, whether it's by reaching out to a friend, expressing our thoughts and emotions, telling a trusted loved one how we really feel, or seeking therapy. And, and I believe that you know we have to educate ourselves on how we interact with people who struggle with expressing their thoughts and their emotions, right? I, I, instead of trying to you know beat the answers out of them, you know, give them, you know, allow them to have their space and allow them to, you know, sort of process whatever it is that they're going through, but also just be there for the person, let them know that you're there for them. And, you know, and, and as introverts, it's, it's difficult with for us because we can find in ourselves uh, so much that we begin to lose confidence, not from within, uh, but from without, uh, we feel that we don't need anyone or that there is no one or anyone who would understand how we feel or what we are going through. We doubt that there is anything outside of us that can help us. We fall for this trap that we think what we are internalizing is eternal and we fall deeper and deeper into this pit called depression and we fake smile, we fake laugh, we... Uh, fake joke and make stupid corny jokes to make it appear we're there when in actuality we are disconnected, discombobulated. We don't feel we belong. We don't sense a connection and we fear expressing that because we don't want to pull anyone down with us or be a burden to anybody. So we would rather bear the feeling and the overwhelming weight ourselves than to put it on others, we would rather suffer than to let someone know we are. And it's difficult because I can, you know, and, and I can relate, I've, I've, I've been through that. And fortunately for me, I cannot speak for all introverts 
Um, as I know our society has become less religious and not open to spiritual guidance or organized religion, but luckily for me, I, I, I had that. I've always had that faith. I know that if I'm not comfortable with speaking to others, I always knew in the back of my mind that I could talk to God. I always knew that I could vent to him and he would hear me. And this actually helped me a lot in my journey of depression and anxiety. It actually empowered me. Matter of fact, me doing this podcast is actually a miracle in itself because I would have never done something like this if I did not sincerely believe that this is what God was calling me to do. Believe it or not, this is out of my comfort zone. But when God calls, we must answer. And God always leaves a voicemail for some reason, you know, that you are my child. I chose you. I, I made you. I, I died for you. And I would never leave you or forsake you. And sometimes I read it and other times I doubt it. But this time I believe it and I'm running with it. And I know that for some of us, speaking up is a very frightening thing, whether it's in a classroom, before an audience, a congregation, or a news conference like Naomi. One thing that always gives me the confidence to speak is that God is with me. As long as I know that I am not alone, when I am behind a podium, or standing on stage, or in front of an audience of thousands of people, which I have, <laughs> I will speak up, whether it's for the good of others who cannot speak or who cannot breathe or who cannot see the light in this dark world. I'm willing to open my mouth to open their eyes and their ears and that God may open their hearts. You see, Moses had a speech disability, right? God had this mission for Moses, and God said, look, Moses, my children, the children of Israel, are under slavery in Pharaoh, and I'm going to need you to speak to Pharaoh to free my people and release them. And Moses is like, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up, Lord. Uh, you do know that I have a speech uh, disability. Um, I like the plan, uh, speaking to Pharaoh. Uh, releasing children of Israel, the perfect story, right? You're the savior. You're saving the people. I become, you know, the the leader. Um, but let's <laughs> let's be realistic here, God. Okay, um, speaking is not my great talent. Okay, it's it's not one of those things that I can do uh, naturally. A matter of fact, it's actually one of my fear, and it's a disability. And you would know that because you're God. And God looks at Moses and he's like, okay, all right, oh, cool, right. A way to bring this thing down to earth. Uh, Moses, must I remind you, um, who created the mouth? Uh, you did. Well, who created the ears? You did. Well, okay. Well, would this really be any of a problem to me? I, Moses, will speak for you. When you speak, you are speaking on behalf of me. Moses, right? So God was instilling that confidence in Moses that, look, Moses, when you're going to speak, you're not going to be speaking for yourself, but you're going to be speaking for the one who gave you the ability to speak. And this is the confidence that 
I carry myself wherever I go, whether I'm preaching to a crowd or speaking on a podcast, whatever the case is, I know that, hey, if God is with me, anything is possible. And let us not also forget about Joshua, who actually uh, succeeded after Moses passed away. This was the leader that God called upon. And Joshua, too, ironically, was socially anxious. But God told him, have I not commanded you to not be afraid, to be of good courage? For you will go where I tell you, and you will speak to these people, and be not dismayed because of their faces. Have I not commanded you to be strong and have a good courage? You see, it takes courage to speak. It takes bravery to step out of your comfort zone every now and then. It takes vulnerability to express how you feel and what you are thinking. And you never realize that you are not alone until you speak up. And like the good scripture says, perfect love casts out fear. And that fear is also social anxiety. Perfect love casts out that anxiety of being social. Because at the end of the day, who cares what people think? Who cares how people feel or how they are going to perceive you? Because speaking should never be merely about you. It should always be about others. You see, God does not even speak for himself. Jesus spoke on behalf of the Father. The Holy Spirit spoke on behalf of Jesus. And the Father always spoke of his Son. You will gain the confidence to speak when you realize that the spotlight is not on you but on the issues of our world. It's on the unheard. It's on the oppressed. It's on the depressed, the unfortunate, the weak, the ignorant. Their voices are heard through you. Because when you speak, you become an ambassador for those who can't or for those who fear. But remember, there's a time to speak and there's a time to listen. And I'm thankful that you took the time to listen to this podcast episode. Well, that about concludes our episode for today. I hope you guys learned something out of it and that you're able to take this back with you at home, at work, at school, wherever you are. And you're able to actually continue to better and self-improve not just yourself, but also those around you. I want to say thank you for listening to this podcast called The True For You. My name is Bintu Sanjin, your host, and may you all be blessed, my youths. And until next time, goodbye. Thank you.